Hi, uh, welcome to the New Voting Project. My name is Kanal, your host, and today we're doing things a little bit differently on the show. We'll actually be having a roundtable discussion with the uh, EVC student board. Um, and today we actually have a couple of their, you know, fantastic members. I would say they're best members, but maybe they're their only members, but who knows? Um, uh, so today we have Jack Malamud, who is the president of the student board and also Brown Votes. Uh, we have Sean Casey, uh, the vice president of the student board um, and also director of Stanford Votes. And we have Daisy Lane, who is the director of communications and also the chair of Duke Votes. So we have a lot of college students here today uh, to give us their perspectives. And we're really excited. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you all can be incredibly busy. <laughs> so, so, so thank you. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Also, just super quickly, I'm not actually director of Brown Votes. I was involved. Every vote counts at Brown, but Brown Votes is also a really fantastic voter organization. Yeah, yeah. I actually had, I think, the president come on the show. So so I've heard great things about the organization. I think you all do fantastic things. So, so it's really great to have you on. Um, and so, yeah, let's get into these questions. Uh, just for our viewers, I guess, baseline, uh, talk a little bit about your backgrounds, how you got into voting rights and every vote counts and, and politics and activism. Um, and I guess beyond that, touch on how your college experiences are going um, and how they're preparing you for, for your futures. Sure, I, I can go first. Um, I, I first got started in sort of pro-voter uh, advocacy when I was in high school. Uh, one of my friends convinced me to join this group called the Youth Progressive Policy Group that was traveling up to Albany to try to pass a bill. Um, I'm from New York. Uh, the goal was to try to expand the voting age to, to 17 in New York State. Um, that bill has not been passed in New York State <laughs> House, but it was a really great experience and really opened my eyes to sort of the process of engaging with legislators, how important it is that, that politicians and lawmakers be receptive to their constituents. Um, and then at Brown in my sophomore year at college, I got in touch with Campbell through UBC because I, I had a friend who was involved in the chapter at Yale. Um, I got a bunch of friends involved working starting a chapter at Brown. Um, we've done some really great stuff for the past couple of years. And now I'm super excited to be helping out on the national level. Um, EVC is a, every vote counts is a somewhat young organization, um, but it's done a lot of really great work. And I'm just really excited to be part of such a as vibrant network of, of students on a bunch of different campuses. So it's been a really great experience. Yeah, that's great to hear. Okay, I can go next. Uh... I don't know. I think civic engagement and voting stuff has been a pretty recent thing for me. Uh, when I like entered college, I thought I wanted to be like computer science and like STEM stuff, and I, I never really. I, I don't like my family isn't like a very politically active family, and like I never voted and all that kind of stuff. Um, but after my freshman year, my mayor ended up running for president, which was pretty cool. So I took a gap year to work on his campaign just because he was a good guy. Not really having much interest in, in politics and voting otherwise. Your uh, mayor ended up running for president. He sure did. He he did. Mayor Pete. Uh, mayor Pete. Wow. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. a hell of a reason to get started. He, he's he's come a long way. That's for sure. I don't think yeah. anyone would have would have guessed that he's he would kind of quite reach the heights that that he has uh, even a couple of years ago. But 
best, yeah, uh, best experience of my life. Uh, you know, clearly that win, but still like, uh, I think it was like one of those losses that was a win. Cause like, just from where he started to where he ended. Um, and like, you know, to this day, like met some amazing people and it got me really excited about civic engagement. Um, so then I went back to Stanford and, you know, joined Stanford Boats and the rest is, the rest is kind of history. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be helping out with Underboat Counts and doing some work, uh, you know, not just like on a broader level from our campus, but, you know, nationally. Uh, so, yeah, very, very fun journey. That's pretty cool stuff, man. Glad to hear it. Yeah, and then I'll go last. Um, so I like I've always I grew up in North Carolina I'm from Charlotte, very much a swing state. Um, and I've always been kind of politically aware, like my mom and I like always watch the news and stuff. Um, but I didn't like start getting involved in like campaigns and stuff until college. So I came to Duke, which is in Durham, North Carolina, and I um volunteered for the Democratic Party um for the midterm elections in 2018, just for a few months um kind of in the fall semester. And then my stop. This summer before my sophomore year, I think I volunteered for the North or for the Dan McCready congressional campaign and the special election that happened in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, and so like that was really interesting seeing how campaign works, uh, seeing how campaigns worked um, and getting a little bit more experience there. Um, and then I've also been involved with Duke votes since my freshman year at Duke. And so it's like a nonpartisan group really dedicated to just expanding voter access and like getting as many people within the Duke community and the Durham community um, engaged with voting. And so now I serve as chair for that organization. Um, and I think it's been a really great experience, especially learning a lot about um, student voting and student rights. Um, I'm also a political engagement project fellow at Duke, so kind of a similar vein. Um, and my senior thesis focuses on the intersection of um, student voting and social media and college students. Um, so I think that learning all, all these things has been really interesting and a really great springboard, like as I graduate and plan to go kind of work in the political sphere, potentially. I don't really know. I'm not, I don't have a job yet um, um, <laughs> after graduation, but I think, um, yeah, it's been a really amazing experience. And then serving as director of comms and operations for Evergo Counts has just been um, another amazing opportunity to get to connect with people across the country and other student um, voices who are interested in the same things. So. Well, uh, y'all are fairly more accomplished than me. So, I mean, you're the bar, I guess. Uh, it's really here to, I'm especially surprised. I mean, if my, if my mayor decides to run for president, I think I would have no other reason than to join his campaign. Uh, but no, no, it sounds like y'all do incredible work. So, so keep, keep the good fight going, I guess. Um, and EVC, of course, I've heard is a fantastic organization and I'm really glad to have you here. Um, now my next question kind of strings along that line. At EVC, what are the the core values? What are the objectives you're hoping to accomplish? Especially being, you know, youth representatives on a nationally recognized organization. What are you striving to do uh, with that platform? Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll start this one off too. So, in turn, you know, everyone counts. Our goal is to increase voter engagement and expand voter access. Um, so there are you know, legislative policies that we have stat stances on. We oppose partisan gerrymandering, restrictive voting laws. We think it should be easier for people to vote. People shouldn't have to wait in line for very long hours. Um, but most of our focus is on the student experience at the campus level. So where we have policy objectives, oftentimes our focus is often on the policies that are implemented by universities themselves. Um, administrations have a lot of power to make it hard and to make it a lot easier for students to vote. 
which is extremely important. One of the things I remember reading a while ago is that one of the best indicators of whether anyone will vote in any given election is whether they voted in the previous election. So voting is habit forming, um, which is great. And if we can really start building that habit earlier of sort of civic engagement um, at a young age, or people are young adults, at least, we can not just turn out the youth, but really build a generation of, of voters that will persist for, for years to come. Um, as a national organization of student representatives, you know, we want to help our chapters pursue those policies on their campuses. One of our biggest goals is to help chapters, partners, really anyone in our network um, pursue institutionalization, which is a really big thing. This is the idea that, you know, universities themselves can adopt policies like putting voter registration forms and orientation, um, giving students, faculty and staff the day off on, on election day. Uh, to really make it easier for students to get out there, vote, engage in their communities. Um, so yeah, that's that, that's what we're about. Um, Sean, Daisy, if you guys want to expand on that too, please please do so. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of crushed it, Jack. Happy to echo absolutely everything you said. Um, really interested in helping to work with the partners and the the organizations that we have on different campuses and really like uplift their voices and um, help them kind of institutionalize. Um, voting and best voting practices on their campuses in any way that we can. Yeah, yeah. I guess the only thing I'd add to that is also um, civic engagement stuff on campus can also can a lot of times be a very like insular thing, like very restricted to your own school uh, and like kind of the ecosystem of the administration and faculty and you know student activism there. And I think one of BBC's best value adds is the ability to kind of break down those those silos and get people on different campuses to actually talk to each other and learn from each other. Um, so I think that's really important. Yeah. And I think I'd like to emphasize throughout the course of, of, of this show, one thing I found out is that voting is habitual. And I think you hit the point. Whereas, you know, if it's like, you know, they teach us, the, this is my expression, uh, it's not copyrighted, so you feel free to use it, um, is that they teach us the ABCs when we're in kindergarten, right? Hopefully, hopefully, for those who have access to education, education, equity, different problem. Maybe I do a separate podcast about that. Uh, the same way they need to be teaching us to vote at an early stage, as soon as we turn 18, get pre-registered. I was pre-registered at 16, not to say everybody should do that but I just really cared. <laughs> I wanted to just put a check in that. But if everybody votes at 18, they're more, they're more than likely to keep voting for the rest of their life because they know how to vote. Uh, they know where to vote in some cases. Uh, and if they've formed that you know, political mind, then they know who to vote for, but that's their prerogative. Absolutely. One of the things that I also wanted to add in terms of values in particular that I think ties into a lot of this is that I'm not sure if there's, a, I guess, a pithy way to, to articulate this, but one of the sort of very old, tired methods of, of GOTV turning out the vote um, that I think it now is, is becoming um, abandoned, which is a good thing, is sort of the, the guilt method, which is, you know, trying to tell people that, you know, you really, you should be voting and obviously your vote matters. You're doing a bad thing if you're not voting. And I think that's wrong and also super ineffective for, for a couple of reasons. Um, but the biggest one is that oftentimes people do have genuine roadblocks in between themselves and, and the polling places. And oftentimes, even when they don't, even when it's mostly their own reservations about how much 
their vote matters or how much they can really change by participating in, in civic life. Those often are, are valid reservations, which is one of the reasons why I think like opposing partisan gerrymandering or trying to get these policies passed are to have universities make it easier for students to vote are so important. Because sometimes when people feel like maybe their vote doesn't count as much as it could, or maybe politicians don't listen to them as much as they should, sometimes they're right. Um, and it's our job not to convince people that their vote matters, but to make sure that it actually does. Um, and I think a lot of sort of pro-voter organizations are really adopting that framework, um, at least in the past few years, which I think is a really wonderful thing to see. And it's just a much better way of really getting people engaged in, in the political process. Right. And you all are engaged in the political process, which is great. I think, uh, in my opinion, everybody should be, but when I'm really I'm really glad to hear that you all are. Um, and, and on that note, since most of you have campaign experience, which is great, uh, I'm a campaigner as well. So let's talk about the 2020 election. Uh, you know, you, you obviously know the drill. You know how difficult it is to get people out, to knock on doors, to phone bank, to text bank. Um, but but give me your thoughts on the year 2020, where we had a pandemic. Most of y'all were probably you know virtual for school, um, and and we had a historic you know election top to bottom in several key states. We had Georgia flip. Um, so so just give me your thoughts uh, as students uh, on the, on the year 2020 and the election and and how you felt. I'm happy to start with this one. So I think that. 2020 was a really difficult election for like the reasons that you just mentioned like it was COVID so um like I had friends take semesters off and like go work on campaigns and then COVID hit and their campaign was kind of like what like we can't do our traditional like methods of voter outreach which would be like canvassing and like knocking doors um and so I think it was a really amazing time for like innovation within like campaign spheres um I know at Duke Votes we pivoted to doing a lot of like relational organizing which is a big thing where it's like you would do like virtual couch parties like really like um trying to like not profit, but like utilize those like personal connections that you have with people. Um, and exactly as Jack was saying, not shame people into voting, but instead of like extending grace and trying to like open a dialogue and say, okay, well, why do you not want to vote? Like, what are these roadblocks that you're facing and how can we help you like overcome those roadblocks? Um, and I think that 2020 was a great learning curve for that one. And I think that um, at least in my spheres, like it was a great opportunity to like capitalize on relational organizing and finding new ways to like overcome traditional barriers to voting um and like maybe shift energies in places that otherwise would not have been um like found if we had like focused so hard on like traditional canvassing methods yeah i think 2020 also kind of showed me that like traditional organizing is really important uh, but one of the best ways like actually get people to vote is like by changing like the institutions they're part of, um, you know, like, I think a lot of people see voting as something that's like a, an extra nice extra thing to do, but like not something that if it's super difficult, they're gonna put too much effort in. Uh, so to the extent that like within an institution, you can bring voting closer to where students are, I think it's really important. Um, something we did at Stanford is we put uh, like a hold on people's like and like the way they sign up through for classes which is called access and we put like an access hold on their accounts until they put like a clear screen that asks them to register to vote and we found like like literally like oh. within, within like like a week of putting that in like around class registration like 80 percent of the school uh, was registered 
which is crazy. And, and I think it just goes to show that like, you know, most people, like very few people are like super like, I'm against voting. Like I like very you know, explicitly do not want to vote. It's just something that they don't won't go out of their way to do. So to the extent that uh, organizations can kind of close that gap, I think yeah. that's, that's where we can be the most valuable. Yeah, that seems a little authoritarian, but I mean, it worked out. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a, you click through it. It's, it's saying acknowledge, like, oh, you know, like okay. here, here is a pane within the web application where you could register to vote if you want. If you don't want, you just click next. It's not, it's not, you must register to vote. Oh, to okay. All right. Either way. Important distinction. Yeah. Either way, I think it worked out. So, so, so Jack, I think you were about to say something. Oh yeah, I mean, I was gonna gonna echo everything Sean Daisy said. I I think it really demonstrated how important that sort of uh, a blend of you know you need to do the real organizing work. You need people who are reaching out to people, getting them to the polling places. Um, you can't do it without that. You also, just as Sean said, there's so much stuff that institutions can and need to do to make voting easier. And there are always some things also that you can't really organize your way out of. You know state purges its voting role that's not much you can do about that except really make sure that whoever the politicians are who did that don't show up after the next election um one of the, the i guess some of the more positive of the things that i was really happy to see during 2020 um because obviously going into august september at least at, at my school we knew that everything was going to be totally remote um there weren't going to be a ton of people on campus we were a little worried about how we were going to be able to reach students if we couldn't physically see them. Um, so we did exactly as Daisy mentioned, like virtual couch parties, stuff like that, virtual canvassing. Um, I was nervous about people's willingness to sign up, how much we, how much work we have to put in just to recruit people. But the first time we posted sort of our, our volunteer recruitment or really our organizer recruitment, um, we got a ton of responses right off the bat, having done very little work to, to promote it, which really demonstrated how much of a desire there was from students and, and youth in, in 2020, not just to vote, but to help their peers vote and their friends vote. And that sort of, that energy was really amazing to see. And it was amazing to capitalize on it. I'm not sure how much, how much data there is out yet, but I mean, I think the youth vote was very, very high in the most recent election. And it's our job as as people who really work in this space to make sure that we don't lose that momentum, that we can really keep that up um, going forward into every election that's going to come, generals, midterms, local, state, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. I also think something that was interesting, especially in 2020, um, and just because I do a lot of comms work, um, like to see campaigns utilizing social media was so fascinating. Um, and it's like partially the reason like I decided to do my senior thesis on it. But um, I think like you would see like, especially the rise of TikTok during COVID, like seeing presidential campaigns, like kind of try to tap into that and like get support like at young people through that way. Like I remember I saw one influencer who was literally like, the only reason I voted was because I wanted to do the TikTok trend where you like had your I voted sticker. And I was like, what is happening? But like, it's such an interesting influence, I think. Um, and so like seeing campaigns kind of like realize that and like tap into like utilizing social media in a more like purposeful way. Um, and I know at Duke, like we did a really big push on social media to get information out to voters. Cause like we're very nonpartisan. We just want you to vote. Like we don't care who you vote for. Um, and I think that it's, it's an interesting way to also kind of like address some barriers. Cause I know for a lot of college campuses, 
a lot of students don't have like transportation and they don't have a polling place on their campus. Um, and so like being like, this is a very easy way to get to this polling place, very clear directions or like doing like ride share events, stuff like that um, was interesting techniques to come out of 2020, I think as well. Yeah, no, actually the number one questions because I'm a young person, young person, young Gen Z, whatever they call us. Uh, the, the number one question I get from a lot of campaigns I'll be in this. Do you know how to use TikTok? And how can we get our candidate on TikTok? It's like, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I like TikTok, but I'm not, I'm not, I let the social media people handle that. But it was crazy to see that, you know, now, now all the candidates I do work with are on TikTok. You know, I'm not in that sphere, but I definitely support it. Um, and, and yeah, no, no, it, it was, it was definitely a tumultuous year for that. Um, and top to bottom on the bottom races, like I didn't work in any presidential race, but I did work in, in the local races, a mayor's race and a supervisor and, and a bunch of city council members that I supported. So, so I think it was a great year to get civically engaged and, and more activated than, than 2016, because 2016 was really a push where I saw a lot of, a lot of youth um, who started turning their heads and saying, what is going on in the world? Uh, but I'm going to ask you, Oh, a very simple question. Uh, there's really only one answer, but I'd love to hear if you have another answer. <laughs> um, is voting important? Yes, but I have, I, I have a reason for it. Okay. Um, I like to think of voting as a necessary yet insufficient part of a healthy democracy. Mm. So necessary in the fact that no fundamental change ever gets passed without votes being cast for it. No politician ever is responsive to their electorate if they don't vote. Um, it's completely crucial if there is no voting, there is no democracy, there is no change, there's no representation. Um, insufficient because it's not enough. Just voting alone is also not enough to pass any sort of fundamental change. Just voting enough is not enough to get politicians to, to listen to you. It isn't enough to show up at a polling place and pick a name on the ballot. Um, that's one of the things that I think we and a lot of pro-voter organizations focus on because to a certain extent, pro-voters and oversimplification, a lot of civic engagement work comes from a holistic view that it's not just voting, it's being engaged in the political process at every level. It's not just voting for politicians, it's knowing who they are, it's showing up to town halls, it's helping your friends get out to vote, um, it's being informed, it's helping other people stay informed. So. I think voting is incredibly important, um, but I do not at all dispute any of the critiques about it being limited because it is crucial, but absolutely not enough. Oh, we all agree voting is important. <laughs> it just went dead silent. I'm like, oh, do we have any objections? Um, no, I didn't know if Sean was gonna jump in, but um, I mean, I, I completely agree with what Jack just said. Um, obviously we think voting is important or we wouldn't work for every vote counts. We wouldn't do the work that we do. Um, but I think he's exactly correct. Like it's not enough to just cast a vote. Like you need to like understand what's going on in your community, find ways to like get other people engaged. Um, we just participated, or when every vote counts just participated in um, National Voter Education Week. Um, and so every day kind of focused on a different thing, being like vote ready, ballot ready, mail ready. Um, and it kind of addressed that like, this idea where voting is so much more than just voting. Like you need to make sure that like you're reaching out to like the people that you know, making sure that 
they're prepared. They know how they're going to cast their ballot. Like they have a plan to vote. Like if you can volunteer to be a poll worker, like volunteer to be a poll worker, like those are so important, such important parts of our democracy. Um, doing so much more than just showing up on election day on early voting or like mailing in your ballot, like doing all the other steps to make sure that you're aware and civically engaged um, makes a healthy democracy. And also agree that voting is important for sure. <laughs> I'm glad we all agreed. Uh, no, no contention. So, so that's great. Um, and and Jack, you had mentioned uh, in your early, I guess, political career, you um, you actually lobbied to to have 17 year olds vote. Uh, you know, which is which is interesting because my next question is actually should <clears throat> is a way to encourage young people, 16, 17 year olds to vote by allowing them to vote at their ages. Um, it's something that um, cities like Oakland and Berkeley have instituted the youth vote um, in their school board elections. Um, so I just wanted to grab your thoughts on, on should 16, 17 year olds be allowed to vote period or be allowed to vote only in their school board elections or maybe just their school board and city councils. What would you like to see to foster that, that sense of early voting? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not, at least as far as I know, I don't believe UBC has an official stance on on expanding the, the electorate. Um, so I, I cannot speak on, on behalf of every vote counts. Um, I, I, I'm just speaking personally. I'm not going to pretend that, that I didn't do that. Um, I think that I don't have a very thought out opinion on this, but but I think the question that I think is more interesting than why should 17, 16 year olds be able to vote is why not? Um, I, I, I don't think it's enough to accept that they can't now. And so then as a result, they just shouldn't. Um, but I, I cannot speak on behalf of every vote counts here. Um, that's okay. just, just coming from me alone. So. All right, we'll assume that's for everybody. Yeah, same thing. EVC doesn't have a official position, so not speaking on behalf of the organization. But um, I mean, I pre-registered when I was 16 in high school. Um, I think it's an important thing. I think it's something like we talked about voting is habitual. Like the earlier you can get started, the more um, likely you are to vote when you're older. Um, so it's kind of like, why not? You know, 16 year olds can make informed decisions. They apply to college. No, you don't apply to college. You're 16. You're <laughs> sorry. It's been a second since I applied to anything. Um, yeah, I'm applying, so I'm not 16. By the yeah, way, yeah, no, you do. <laughs> you you make major life decisions though when you're 16. Like you start to think about colleges. You start to think about what you want to do. Um, you're old enough to be like politically aware and what's happening in your world. So I don't. It's not like they would make extremely uninformed and irrational decisions. Like they're rational human beings, at least in my opinion. I mean, I think if you're affected by the policies that like, officials are making, you know, it, the onus is kind of on the people who are telling you you're not allowed to vote to, to explain why. Right. My only point is, I mean, if you're in charge of creating the education curriculum, the textbooks, your route to school, who's building the roads, why is my traffic this high, which is an issue I've actually dealt with personally. Uh, so the fact that I didn't have a voice in the policies that were directly impacting me um, kind of made this, this question come to mind. Uh, and yes, I often use that too. Why not? What, give, me, give me sufficient reasoning as to why they shouldn't be able to vote uh, because it's mostly antiquated when I hear that answer. Uh, 
now I want to I want to move on just because EBC doesn't have an uh, official stance, but maybe they will after this, and y'all can come back and be like, "Wow, this was this was like breathtaking." Uh, but but we see in states right now voter suppression uh, being a very common theme in the United States. Uh, we see in Georgia, we see in Texas. Um, kind of talk about, I guess, why this is happening in in your opinion, um, and and what we can do. As, as engaged people or to get people engaged in response to this? There are, I think, a couple answers to the why. Um, there is the more sort of technical legal answer, which is right. that Shelby County v. Holder, a Supreme Court decision, has made it much easier for state legislators to pass, legislate legislatures to pass restrictive voter measures that previously they would have had to send to the Department of Justice for approval. Um, and now they don't because of a Supreme Court decision that um, <clears throat> has made this much easier. So that, that, well, that at least is why it's possible now. Um, why is it happening? It, it is often the case that people in power, when they are not prevented from doing so, will do whatever they feel like they can to remain in power. Um, and this is exacerbated when the, I guess, the systems that put those people in power aren't as democratic or, or free and accessible as they could be. Um, that's all sort of abstract in a more also concrete, especially sort of American perspective. Um, a lot of governmental institutions in America have a centuries long history of doing whatever they can within the strict limits of the law to prevent uh, particularly people of color from participating in democracy as much as white people. Um, and that has been part of American legal and electoral history for centuries. Um, how to stop this? Um, it's really hard. It requires, I think, work at both every level of government and organizing at sort of every level. Obviously, politicians who do these things, in at least my opinion, um, should not remain politicians. But it's important to sort of spread awareness about these policies, and particularly important to make it really clear that even laws that are on face neutral um, can have wildly disproportionate impacts on the ability of certain people to vote um, to the point where at times it seems like this, they're almost designed to do so. Um, I think getting politicians into office who will support the National Voting Rights Act to make sure that people's right to vote is affirmative and can be protected and can't infringe upon is crucial. Um, but I guess the bottom, the step one, especially for young people, is getting aware about stuff like this, becoming informed, um, helping your friends get informed, and getting involved at really every level in politics to make sure that especially the places around you are voting as accessible and free as possible. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> and, and not to say maybe maybe we see, I guess we're starting to see a change in, in some of our leaders and I guess their methods and what they believe in, which is great. We see that movement building. But um, yeah, I, I'd have to say the, that it's a certain certain demographic that wants to keep their majority. And, and this is the extent to which they're, they're, they're assaulting our democratic processes. Um, and we see that in, in various ways. Um, for instance, calling voter fraud before an election has even happened. 
Uh, that happened recently in California, so I felt the need to bring it up. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, it, it's definitely, I think it'll require, uh, uh, excuse the, the word, but it'll require a shit ton of work to get this like <laughs> to, to, to fight back. I mean, uh, but but I'm glad we have organizations like EVC who, who are doing that work and inspiring young young people uh, to, to, to get involved. Um, and I guess I want to close out on on a question I ask every every guest in this in this case guests um, is that what would you recommend you know to 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 the next generation Gen Z again I don't know where they got Z from it's it's literally a pet peeve of mine they randomly chose a letter and was like that's the youth uh, how can we make an impact on on voting elections policy how do we reach out to folks who aren't involved who aren't as involved as we are who are ignorant maybe don't care maybe have been alienated exhausted they face those roadblocks uh and how do we get them to get on board how do we get them to vote um i think that i mean it's definitely like that is the the question to end all questions like if we knew the answer to that question we wouldn't have right. that's why i asked the question because if somebody uh, knows the answer you know <laughs> right. So I think that a lot of campaigns, a lot of organizations kind of work to answer that question. And I think at least in my own experience, what I focus on is trying to make it personal um, because like politics, if they are anything, they are personal. And I think that sometimes people don't like talking about it because of that. But I think the most important thing is to just encourage people to understand how it affects their lives. Um, and like EVC is so great because we can connect these partner organizations with each other and make these like personal politics have the connections to help and support each other. Um, and I think if you have conversations with people who might be adverse to, to voting or not want to become politically engaged and try to make them understand that like you can have a real impact, even though it doesn't feel like it, um, that can make a huge difference. Like I have a lot of friends who are people who don't like politics, don't really vote. Um, and like through like a series of like really difficult conversations and like willing to make yourself uncomfortable um, and like willing to like put out your very like base true reasons like why you vote and why it's important to you like it can encourage other people to like really reflect um, and try to understand and like identify a why they should care and a why they should be involved and I think it's important to remember that like civic engagement looks so different for so many people like not everyone is going to want to like run out and join political organizations or like is going to want to campaign is going to want to be as involved as some other people do um and like that's okay like this work isn't for everyone but trying to encourage people to be engaged in their own ways and involved in their own ways um and like giving grace and space to understand that not everyone is the same um is something that i think is really important and that i try to emphasize when i do voter outreach um and recruitment Yeah, I also think it's really important to try to make a positive case for voting. Um, kind of connecting to the last question and just all the problems going on in society today. I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people are very potentially apathetic or they think it doesn't matter. They think, you know, it's too late to change anything. Um, and I think, you know, trying to, to stay away from, from being like, oh my God, this guy is falling. Like, like this is, it's it's almost already too late. And, you know, actually laying out the path to, to, to making a positive change and what people should want to, to do to be involved and to vote. Uh, because, of, you know, not just because of the bad things that could happen.
know, but right now, like, the democracy is dead. <laughs> I think that's going to draw more people than, than it actually brings in. Um, and I think, you know, for so many, there's so much good out of things that in civic engagement and in being involved uh, that I think it's important to focus on that. Yeah, and voting at the end of the day is an expression of hope um, and, and faith in not just sort of your political system, but, but in all of your fellow citizens and, and your neighbors and the people you live with and being able to point to examples of success um, and being able to point to all of the incredible things that voting can do. Um, and to, to bring in what Daisy mentioned also, to be able to show to people that, you know, if you want to help get out the vote, if you want to help build a healthier democracy in a more civically engaged community, you don't need to join a nonprofit or lobby in Congress or work for a campaign. Often the, the biggest thing that can get someone to vote is just their friend mentioning it to them. Um, and if everyone were to just do that, have like a five minute conversation with a friend about getting out to vote, um, that would make a tremendous, tremendous difference. Um, and I think really that too sort of making it personal for people um, in the sense that what they need to do can just be interpersonal, um, I think is, is a really important first step in, in getting people involved. So yeah, I mean, I, I obviously agree with everything that, that, that Sean Basie said on that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any advice to my generation besides get involved. <laughs> I am the generation. I think you all are Gen Z, right? We're all Gen Z. See? Yeah, we're are we? Gen <laughs> are we just, I don't I'm cusp, I think. I was born in 99. Oh, oh mm. no, my sister was born in 99. I, I think she, yeah, I don't know. This is why I said Gen Z doesn't work because I really don't know what it means. Uh, that's for a different day. Uh, yeah, no, to, to get involved uh, and find your own niche. We, we all have our separate ways of, of um, activism. You know, I've seen people dance and that's a form of activism. People draw, you know, be artistic. Uh, people use social media to become activists these days. There's separate criticisms about that, but, but it is an avenue to, to, to voice your opinion and, and encourage, encourage different thoughts. So, so yeah, no, and, and speaking of which, how can viewers stay updated on, on what you do with EVC? If you wanna plug, your social medias this is the perfect time to do that uh and, and i'll of course link them in the description yes would love to plug our social medias um as a social media director <laughs> follow us on instagram twitter facebook um evc at evc national um we love to post infographics we love to like spotlight our partners show what they're doing um and highlight anything and everything um student voting related so give us a follow on all platforms and we will for sure keep you informed. And when <laughs> or if you get to college, um, join the EVC chapter if there is one, join a, like, a blank votes, like a Duke votes, a Stanford votes if there is one. And if there's nothing like that, fill out a form on our website and we will help you start one, so. Fantastic. By the way, I'm not sponsored in any way by EVC, just to be clear. Although that could be a future discussion. Uh, and, and one thing I do ask is that if, since you're promoting yourself, I get to promote me on EVC. Uh, so y'all have to hit me back on Twitter is all I'm saying. I'm very big on Twitter. Just, just a personal thing. Some people are TikTok, I am Twitter. Uh, well, well, 
quid pro quo going on there, but yeah, I, yeah. I think we can make it. It's a healthy quid pro quo. It's for democracy, okay. Uh, no, but but is there anything any any of you would like to add before before we we close? No. Wow. Thank you so much for having us. This has been a really really great experience. If you really enjoy the conversation, um, we really appreciate you having us here on behalf of myself, but but also all of everyone else. It's really wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. This is my part, um, and and I love I love doing this show because I get to learn uh, about what other people do and and what they love to do, um, and that can act as inspiration most of the time. So, so no, thank you for what you do because I guess that's we got to work together. You know, we're all fighting the same battle uh, or war, maybe I don't know. Mixed metaphors, you you choose. Uh, so no, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show. I do appreciate the insight, the college experience. I will be applying to college. So if any of you have any advice afterwards, please relay that. Uh, and, and I think um, I think what, what everybody here is doing and what EVC is doing is instrumental. Um, and, and I wish you all the best of luck in your endeavors. Thank you and good luck to you as well, Knoll. Again, as Jack said, thanks so much for having us. It's been a great discussion. Super appreciate it. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a good one.